morning. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm Charlie, uh, lead pastor here. If you're new, man, we're really glad that you are here. Uh, we're wrapping up a relationship series that we've been calling the S word, the S word being submit, uh, which comes from this verse in Ephesians 5.21, which has kind of been our go-to verse for the whole thing, that, that God's calling us in our relationships uh, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, which means I'm going to give up what I want to give someone else what they need. And so throughout this um, series, we've kind of explained what that means, and we've talked about it in the context of friendship. Last week, we talked about it in the context of marriage, and this week, we're going to talk about it in the context of our relationships with our parents and with our kids. And so last week, I had to give a disclaimer, hey, it doesn't really matter if you're married or not, you still need to listen to this, because someday you may be, but really, any of us, even if we're, it seems like we're talking primarily about parenting, um, we all had parents, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to kind of love and honor our parents, and no matter if you're thinking more about your family of origin, the family that you have, or the family that God's building, there's some some really weighty things that I think that we need to process as far as having good relationships. And lots of times coming out of Thanksgiving, um, we've got lots of things to think about and talk about. You know, it's kind of maybe it's been for some of us kind of a, a rough week, kind of a triggering week even. You're kind of thinking about some of these relationships. And I think it's important for us to know who God has called us to be and to kind of come together to kind of help each other. So we're talking about parenting and one of the one of the things that I do, and I don't want you to feel bad about it, I don't want you to judge me, and I don't want you to be nervous that, that somehow I'm always watching you and your kids and judging parenting, but I do notice a lot. I just notice parenting, and I'm always trying to learn and try to see what other people are doing, and then you do something really crazy, I'm always going to notice it, right? And that's just kind of who I am. I'm not judging, I'm not judging you, but these people, maybe I'm talking about here in a minute, maybe I'm judging you a little bit. Um, you don't have to, you know, I don't have to go back five years to find a great, great story. The oldest story I'm going to tell kind of in this intro is, is, is 10 days old. Because uh, you see it all the time. And you've, you've been to Walmart, right? You know what's, you know what's out there. So I'm at Chick-fil-A because it's not Sunday. And, and I'm, just, I'm just there. And, and a couple of tables away, I'm just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I hear this question. Mom asking a three-year-old. It's important as a story, kids' story. Asking a three-year-old. Do you want to go to daycare today? And I'm like, I, I, I'm already, so now I'm 100% in because I didn't know this was an option. I was, I'm, now I'm, I'm 100% invested in whatever's going to happen next. Kid says, no. And mom says, did you say yes? I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, this is going to be good. And he says, no. And so she kind of sits on that for a little bit. And she goes, well, do you want to come with mommy to work today? And then he goes, no. And then she says, did you say yes? <laughs> no. And so we sit on that a little bit. Said, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to do anything fun today. And I'm like, and you think that's the whole story. That's like that's the worst parenting that happened in that moment. That's just the preamble. Because it's, okay, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, like nine o'clock in the morning. It's breakfast time. And the kid's eating a cookie, and he's three, and it's 9 o'clock in the morning, which all right, man. Sometimes you've got to give your kid a cookie at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not judging that. I'm not saying it's ever bad, but sometimes it's the only thing you can do. But this kid, but he's not really eating that cookie, which it's, it's okay. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's okay to not eat a cookie at 9 o'clock in the morning, right? But apparently mom is very troubled by the fact that he's not eating his cookie. You need to eat that cookie. You need to finish that cookie, and he won't. He's like, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and it's a cookie. You can let it go. But anyway, she's very, very got to eat that cookie. And, and then she says this, if 
you don't eat that cookie, your dad's boss is going to come get you. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot going on with that. There's a lot of layers to unpack there. There's a lot of layers because, I mean, first of all, don't ever do that. Don't ever do the stranger thing, right? Has that ever happened to you like you've been you've been the threat at Walmart with a stranger, like you're minding your own business at, at, at Walmart and the kid's pitching some kind of crazy fit and the mom goes, you better be careful, that guy's going to get you. I'm like, Has that ever happened to you? Like, has that happened to me? Like, I don't want that. Yeah, kid, you're in, no, you're, in no, you're in no danger for me. I want you to stay right over there. Don't ever do that. But even if you're going to do that, which you shouldn't, a cookie? You're going to threaten? Don't start, I'm trying to go threaten stranger. Threaten somebody you know. This kid's got to interact. Now he's going to be scared of his boss. And then it's a, it's, it's a cookie. So that's a completely unrelatable story, right? I've got a more relatable one. Probably one that you're, it's a little, hits a little closer to home. And this one is as old as Wednesday. We were at Silver Dollar City on Wednesday. And um, Layla, our seven-year-old, we're getting on this, about to get on this ride called the Electrospring kind of spins you like this while you're going up and down the horseshoe. And um, as, we're, as, we're, as we're walking past the line, all of a sudden there's a mom that's talking to a teenage boy. And I don't know if we're kind of in the middle of it, but we kind of I kind of get to right here, and they're right here, and all of a sudden she says, and you are being so f***ing grateful, and you are acting like a jerk. You just stay right here and keep your here and don't and so I was previewing the story with somebody then. He's like, when, when, do you, when do you intervene? I'm like, I don't know that I could have helped her. Like, what could I, I mean, if I had intervened, it would have only made her mad at me and was not going to solve any of his problems. And so now I'm in line, and there's about 20 minutes. And, and sure enough, man, he stayed. He did not. He did not move. He was. He was right there the whole time. And I guess I'm going to figure out that his siblings were on the ride uh, with him. And so he did not move. And about 100 feet over here, he was right here at the entrance. She was now over here, not watching her kids on the ride, but just staring him down the whole time, just furious. And and apparently the siblings were on the ride with him. And so we get off, and so we start merging there. And then he comes in, and now we're walking towards mom. And and it was, it was heartbreaking because the kids that rode the ride and mom went this way to the swing, and then he comes back over here and sits by himself and just kind of sulks in there. You know, it's, it's a funny story for a second, and then it's Pastor Lofton kind of kicks in, and you're just like, man, there's a lot there. And I, and I think if we're just going to be honest, I mean, maybe you've never – Done it at Silver Rock City, and you're not supposed to curse in Branson, for one thing. I mean, that's important to know. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. You do taking something with your kids. It's not maybe you've probably been there before. Parents sacrifice something to try to have a good time, and your, your kids just being punked. And then you just get really frustrated, and you say something that you shouldn't have been. And why is the kid acting this way? And this was supposed to be fun, and why can't you just have fun? And you just you get so frustrated and, and you say things that you shouldn't and this kid, you know, I mean, he's not a kid anymore, but he's not an adult and does he have the freedom to make decisions and does he have to enjoy everything that his little siblings do and he's, he's processing all of this hurt and frustration and pain and she has no idea 
how to manage this situation. And sometimes all you have is just anger. And, and whatever their problem was, was made worse by that interchange. No, nothing got solved that way. But there's just so much emotion and hurt and frustration and confusion about these relationships. And you can be an adult and still kind of have some of this going on with your parents where you're like, I'm not sure how to, how to navigate this. And now I'm trying to not do the same things to my kids that were were done to me, and I don't know how, and I find myself being the the, 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 the worst parts of my parents somehow, or I'm just being the complete opposite, and the thing that I'm doing now, it's not working either. But the, the health and the strength of our families and the, the, the precious uh, task that God has given us to kind of love and serve these kids well, it's huge. And so again, we're going to be talking about a lot of things about these relationships, and, and whether or not you're, you're looking up the food chain or down the food chain or kind of both, I think there's some important things for us to kind of process. And so we're going to start here in Ephesians where, where that key verse, Ephesians 5.21 about submitting uh, to one another, where it talks about marriage first and then starting in verse 1 of chapter 6, um, it starts talking about our relationships with uh, parents and kids. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So fathers there is really more of kind of a generic term just kind of for parents and exasperate, you know, frustrate, make them angry, kind of, you know, don't, don't, don't do things to kind of, charge the situation and frustrate and anger your kids, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And in that verse 2, when it says, honor your father and mother, uh, Paul is quoting something from the Ten Commandments, and we just kind of look at that real quick, Exodus twenty twelve, where uh, in the Ten Commandments it says this, it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your God has given you. So Paul's calling us to submit to one another in all of our relationships, and specifically now, in these relationships, he's talking about what this looks like, what it looks like for, for children. Children need to obey their parents. And then he says, honor your father and mother. And I think we need to make sure that we're clear on this. Sometimes this can be a little bit of confusion as, uh, as we're transitioning. The, the first one has qualifier. If you're a child, you need to obey your parents. But there is no qualifier on honor your parents. If you're no longer a child, you don't have to obey your parents. But there never comes a point in which it is not... Uh, you're not obligated to show your parents honor. And again, it has a promise. It says, this is so it can be well with you and that you can enjoy life on the earth, a long life. And then by contrast, what's telling the father, say, hey, don't, 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 don't make your kids angry. Don't frustrate them. Instead, bring them up, train them, instruct them. And so this is kind of Paul's description of what it looks like for us to submit. And I think it's important for us as parents, to understand that this is what God has called us. He has called us to submit to our kids. And submit has the idea of, I'm going to give up the things that I want to give them what they need. And you think, I, I know I'm already doing that. You don't have to tell me that. I've given up a lot for them. I've given up money, time, sanity, hair. It's all falling out. There's a lot of hair got your name on it. I, I, I give up so much. But it's not just about that. 
about, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's an emotional thing. It's like, I'm, it's, it's really having this attitude of, of service, of the just, not just the functional things that we do. And so submitting, like I'm, I'm giving myself, it's important. Again, this goes, this goes both directions. And so what we're talking about here, we're in the same format as we used over the last couple of weeks. We're going to contrast the thing that we want in a relationship versus what the other person wants. Because some of these things are conflict. If we, if we pursue this want, then I'm going to miss out on this need. So we're going to talk about one with kids and then two with parents. And so um, we got real over the next few minutes. So. First thing, one is this. Talking about kids, one of the things. This is what this is what a lot of children want. Again, these aren't these aren't meant to be comprehensive, but they are they are pretty 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 powerful and and very common. So, what children want? What children want is freedom. They want freedom. You see, you, you experience this from a from a very young age. They want freedom. They they want to be able to do what they want. I I, I want to be able to do what you want. All right, and 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 don't like that you're always giving them orders. Right? They just want to be free. And you probably said this when you were a kid, and if you have kids, you've probably had this said to you in some way. Our oldest, uh, when she was two, she already had the ability to kind of encapsulate the situation. She's two years old, right? She's two years old. She looks at her mom, and she says, I am sick and tired of you telling me what to do all the time. <laughs> and um, uh, she had the, uh, the really the only response that you can in that situation better get used to it. Maybe you're going to be having it a long time, right? And then people ask me, parents of small kids, they ask you know, with, the, with the sense of hopeless, exhausted desperation on their face, um, when, when, will this, when will that season end? And I'm like, I'm 47. I still don't like people telling me what to do. So I don't know, never, right? But you want freedom. And then the kid will say this to you. And, if, and, 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 and when they say this to you, it just, it just, it just hits you in a way that just, just say, can't wait till I'm a grown-up. Then I can do whatever I want. <laughs> really, only one response to that would just be, <laughs> you think I get to do whatever I want? You think if I got to do whatever I want, I'd be having this conversation right now with you? There's something I want to do with you right now, and I don't get to do it. It's illegal. Right? You just get real, like, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. And I think it's important, kids, children, you understand that this idea of freedom that you have, it's a myth. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. It certainly does not exist in a Christian context where there's ever a moment in your life where you have the freedom to just do what you want. In fact, the whole purpose of this series and the whole purpose of this passage in Ephesians is, is for Paul to say that that is actually what you're giving up. You're giving up. When you say you're submitting, I'm submitting the freedom that I have to pursue my want in order to serve other people and give them what they need. So actually, one of, one of the signs that you have transitioned from child to adult is the realization that that definition of freedom does not exist in the context of Christian and New Testament. It just doesn't. God is calling each and every one of us to not pursue the things that we want in order to give other people what they need. And unfortunately, there are some adults living still as children as if we, you do have that freedom, as if somehow I want it, as if somehow this is what I want to do, as somehow a justification for bad behavior, for inappropriateness, for selfishness in the context of a relationship. And it's important for us to recognize that that freedom it wasn't true when we were kids, and it's never going to be true. 
And so you can either uh, joyfully submit that out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians 5.21, or you can live a life of frustration. And so that's what children want. But in contrast, what parents need is learning. And I think it's very important, that passage, verse in Exodus 20, Ephesians 6, for us to understand this, that this is what all of us have been called to. We have all been called to honor our parents. And let's just give a very simple definition for honor. We're going to honor, I'm going to appreciate them for everything they've done. And you may be thinking right now that you don't understand my parents. You don't understand the, the pain that I have, the hurt that has been caused. You don't understand. You're like, well, I, I think we all understand. We all understand that, 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 that our family of origin is a mixed bag. But you have to understand what they have sacrificed to, 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 for you to even exist. There are years of your life that you don't remember, but the only reason why you made it is because of the, the selfless sacrifice of your parents. And, uh, you know, I joke with my mom about this from time to time. You know, we'll, we'll do something that feels really small to me, like we'll, we'll, we'll take them out for dinner and pay. And I say, like, oh, you, you can't do that, you can't do that. And I'm like, I, I, think, I think I'm still in the negative here, right? I mean, as far as who has paid for the most meals, Right? I think I'm still in, in, in debt. Or something that seems even bigger to her, which is like, like I'll, I'll fix her computer. Right? That which it seems like, like, like I'm some sort of wizard. It's 99% of the time it's restarting the said computer. Right? It's just start out. And um, she's like, it's like, she feels like that, that she owes me. But the reality of it is, and I'll joke about this here, sometimes it's like, man, I was a baby. I was a baby. And you have wiped my rear end more times than we can even think. There's no way to repay that. And th- and that's just that's just real. Right? What my parents gave just for me to live and then just even beyond that. And that is worthy of honor. And whatever else you may feel, whatever bag you may be carrying down, man your parents need honor. Thank you. And I want to live in such a way that shows and demonstrates to them that I appreciate them. So whether or not you are currently a child and obey your parents is still on the table for you, or you are no longer a child, regardless, God has called all of us to give our parents honor. All right, so that's one. The children want freedom, but parents need honor. Now we're going to kind of look a couple that go the other direction. Kind of what we're talking about here is there really are two extremes that I think that Parenting, parenting styles can kind of fall into. Your family, of course, is perfect balance, and so I'm not talking to you. We're talking about everybody else. You have, you have perfect balance. You are perfect in every way, but everybody else in the room falls into one of two struggles, right? Typically, we, we, there, there, there's, 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 there's two leanings, right? We just kind of, kids can just kind of get away with anything, like, like you don't have to eat your cookie at 8 in, in the morning. And you get to decide whether or not you want to go to daycare that day. It's just too much. It's like the kid just the, the kid runs the house. And then we can imagine over here, just, it's just too strict. Everything is really stifling and controlling, and the kids are a little repressed, right? We can imagine these two extremes. You're perfect balance, right? But we can imagine somewhere out here these two extremes. But, but the reality of it is, even if some of us are close to this balance, we all struggle probably with one of these, and we can find really stressed out, what does the passage in Ephesians 6 say? Find really exasperated kids in both situations. 
found really exasperated kids where there's too much control, and we found exasperated kids where there's just too much freedom. And somewhere in between these two, there's, there's a balance that God has called us to as we are creating and living, creating these homes and creating these families and, and living life, right? So let's just kind of talk about this thing that's in us, I believe, as parents that can kind of lead to these two extremes. Because one of them is this, that what parents want, what a, what a parent wants is peace. I just, I just, I just, I just want peace. I just, I just, I just, I just want peace. I'm quiet. I, I want, I want, I want no yelling. I want no throwing of things. I don't want fighting. I just, I just, I just want peace. So whether you're talking about emotional peace, physical peace, volume, right? You just, you just want peace. And this, this is the home that I grew up in, and I, I love my parents. My parents are amazing, and and what I'm about to say is not, it wouldn't be news to them, right? My dad, my dad is amazing. He, he worked a job he hated every day of his life just to, just to serve us, to love us. He, he, um, he, he grew up in Magnolia, which is in southern Arkansas, and went to college there, and then pledged he was never going to come back. Moved to New Orleans, got a job as a tax accountant uh, in New Orleans. A month later, a company in El Dorado bought them out and moved him back to southern Arkansas. And for 32 years, he was miserable in that job being audited by the IRS or state government every day for those 32 years. And when he came home, he just wanted to stay home. He'd had it. He was already done. And, 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 and it was just shh, 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 right? And, and then, and then, I, and then I, I find myself bringing this. I, I've, I've carried this on. I especially see this in my life when, um, when, when, when two of the other four Two of the four ladies in my life, they're fighting with each other. And it's like, I don't want there to be angry. I don't want there to be fighting. Why is there fighting and angry? And so the way that you fix two people being angry is to yell at them. I want less anger and yelling in the house, and the way to fix that is to yell at them. And is there a more stupid parenting strategy than that? And it doesn't work any time, but next time I'll still try it. And that's like, stupid. And, and do you see this? Because I just want there to be peace. What you want is peace, but what kids need is engagement. They want you. They want your face. They want your heart. They want they they want they want you. And and often the the shouts of chaos, both physical and and emotional, and the and the yelling and the hyper and the thing is too loud and the too many toys and the throwing all these are just ways of saying hey. How about me? Me, right here. Me. And the fact that at varying ages they're not very good at expressing that. They're not coming up to you and saying, hey, um, would there be any way we could spend some quality time together this afternoon? That's, that's, not, that's not what a four-year-old's going to say. They're just going to start screaming and jumping on you. And, and, and they're wanting you. They're wanting your face. They're wanting you to get out of whatever it is that you're in and give your whole self to them. And, and there's a thing that I tell myself that, 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 that I give to you too if you find yourself struggling with, with this is that there's never going to be a moment 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now where you're going to look back and say, you know, I wish my house had been a little quieter. You're not ever going to look back and think that. You are going to look back and say, I, I wish I had given them a little bit more of I wish I had gotten on the floor and played a little bit more. I wish I had read more books. 
I, I wish I had responded to their clamoring for attention by giving attention. Because it seems like now I, I don't get that attention anymore. They don't seem to want it anymore. And so I think it's important. And, and Heidi and I talk about this with, with, with young parents especially. But everybody kind of has a chaos tolerance, right? I can tolerate a lot of chaos in my home, volume, drama, loud. Um, and, and some people don't have much of that tolerance at all. And if you find yourself here, we, we are kind of on this low end. I just ask you maybe just to embrace a little bit more of that and just engage with it. This, this, call, this call of chaos is not, is not breaking anything down. It is a plea. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Can I, can I have a minute of your time? And, and this is what they need. And so I'm going to give up my need for just to have a minute in order to, to what I want, to give them what they need, which is, which is my engagement, which is me. But on the other end, so I, you know, half of you, you're kind of being real proud and judgy right now. Like, yeah, you know, Daddy's telling his parents how bad they are. We don't ever have that kind of problem. I don't care if our kids come in the kitchen and take the food and dump it on the floor and scream and kick. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm glad you're judging them. And you need a minute too, right? Because there's just some things that we do. I mean, you know, somewhere between, you know, stop making noise and 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 do you get to go to daycare, right? And, and there's some of us here that are a little bit on. To be honest, do you want to go to daycare today? It's kind of the thing that we struggle with. And and the thing that we do, this 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 again, it it, it sounds really good to say, but it has a bit of unhealth to it. Is is what we want? What the parent wants? I, I just want my kids to be happy. I, I want happy kids. That's what parents want. I want. I want happy kids, and and so and so we do this, and we see this. I've seen this so much. Like, can we just try to give our kids choices? I want to give kids choices so that they feel like they have control, that they can be happy. And so now, you know, you can just you can decide whether or not you're going to daycare or not that day, or you're going to your mom's work that day. It's like I don't want a choice. Or again, this is the classic story. I feel like I need to tell it every time. And for you kids that have gone to the church more than. More than a year. I'm sorry that you're having to hear the story again, but it's just one of my favorites, right? So I'm at, I'm at McDonald's, and so clearly that means it's Sunday because Chick Fil A's closed. And um, this is the booth right next to me. Three year old kid getting pancakes for him. What would you like for him for your pancakes? Would you like milk? He says no, soda. Milk, soda. Milk, soda. Milk, soda. Milk. And you think I'm exaggerating right now for comedic effect, which sometimes I do, right? But I'm telling you, 17 back and forths. Milk soda, milk soda, milk soda, milk soda. Guess what the kid has? Soda, right? If you want the kid to have milk, then tell him to get milk. Hey, guess what? You're having milk with your pancakes. Do you want a straw or not? Do you want me to pour it into your Buzz Lightyear cup? If a kid needs a choice, give him a choice. But kid, the kid, three-year-old doesn't know. Hey, you don't need Sprite at 8 in the morning. Kid doesn't know. You, you've got to help them. And so you want happy kids, so you give them these choices when they really shouldn't have choices because what children need is structure. They need structure. They don't, they don't know the rules. They don't know that they need more milk because of the way that their bones are growing. They don't know that sugar at 8 o'clock is a bad idea for a three-year-old. They don't know what a vegetable is. They don't know when bedtime is. Are you ready for bed? Are you ready to go to bed? Oh, it's irrelevant. It's bedtime. You, which pajamas do you want to wear? 
you're having this vegetable for dinner. Would you like it on this plate or this plate? They need to know about vegetables and, and bedtimes and the appropriateness of sugar consumption and milk. They need to know this plan. They need the structure. And I'm telling you, they will be happiest in the structure. I have seen miserable kids, exasperated, right? Exasperated kids that uh, that are being highly controlled. And I see really exasperated kids too that have all the freedom in the world because what they need, what kids need more than anything is a consistent structure and full engagement. And so my favorite illustration for this comes from the original Jurassic Park movie. So yes, just in preparation, about to call compare your kids to dinosaurs. So if you've seen the original, um, they the the scientists find out that they've bred Velociraptors and they're a little freaked out about it because Velociraptors are really dangerous. And so the game warden, creepy Australian guy, is showing them this huge electrified pen and they you know they drop the cow and that kind of thing and he's asking what they're like. So there used to be a bunch of them, but the really big ones killed all of them but two, and so now they're this little pack of three and. They go around um, ramming the fence. They ram this section of the fence and get electrocuted and come down, and they'll go to the next one, and a different one will ram that fence. And they just go around ramming the fence, getting electrocuted. And they go, what are they doing? And so they're testing it from this angle. Does that mean you feel like you got a velociraptor? Say no to me again. No! Right? Like, bang! Right? You say this is a rule. Bang! What are you going to do? Is it really a rule? Is it? Now, the velociraptors wanted to, before the fence, and go out and kill things. The difference between a velociraptor and your kid is that they desperately want that fence to hold up. because they're, they're safe inside the fence. They want to know, wh- where are the rules? Where are, where are the boundaries? Where, 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 is, where is safety? And once they have tested the fence, they, they can contently and happy. So if your goal is happy, even still, give them the structure. Because the kid is the happiest and the most content with consistent structure. It's easier to just give up sometimes. It's easier to give a kid sometimes fire, to give them a cookie, to not put them to bed. But long term, it's exhausting because what they need is structure. And so if there's anything that you're going to write down and you're going to take home, and just, just, just say this, that the, the one thing, the one common ground that we have always seen in, in varying amount of parenting styles that consistently work is when the parents have consistent rules and the parents are unified in them. Not one parent has one set of rules, not another parent has a different set of rules, and not, well, we're unified, but how we act at home is different than we act at grandma's house, right? See this one. You got your, 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 your kid back talks to his grandma, and mom says, we don't talk that way, and the kid looks at him with just sheer and utter confusion. Yes, yes we do. 
all the time. Right? Different rules at home, different rules at grandma, different rules at home, different rules at Walmart. It's not usually work that way. It's stressful just to watch. But I can provide consistent structure. We can be unified as a parenting team. And we save our kids from exasperation. But it's going to require us to do the thing that might be hard for us to do. I've got to give up my desire for there to be peace because kids negate that. And, and wanting happy kids is a great idea. But most of the ways that we're trying to get there is exasperating them even while we're trying to make them happy. But I provide consistent structure. I give them my full heart and engagement. We're unified in this. And then God is building a strong community. And so my guess is we talk a little bit about what it's like being a parent. We talk a little bit what it's like to be a kid. This is probably some people here triggered, really, about how you grew up. And now's a great time to just kind of process that. Process some of the feelings that you have about the way that you grew up and do some forgiving and, and, and re-engage with honor and back up the future. But for most of us, a lot of us, man, here, you just need to be thinking about kind of what's happening right now. Am, am, I, am, am I loving and, and serving my kids? Or for the kids in the room, am I, am, I, am I honoring my parents' ways? Because right there on the door, you walk in, right there on the side, it says that God's called us as a church to um, reach people to become fully devoted world changers, world-changing followers of and that begins with the awesome kids, all these awesome kids that we have in this church. And it's going to require us to kind of have God, this, this servant, this Jesus-like attitude of giving up the things that we want in order to give our family what they need. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you. God, I just thank you for all the awesome families here. God, the, the singles that are here, the couples with no kids, the couples with lots of kids, the empty nesters, God. It's a lot of variety. And God, I pray that you would just give all of us a real heart and attitude to submit and to love well in our family. That God, regardless of the baggage that we're bringing in from the past, regardless of the struggles that we're having right now in the present, that God, that we would give up the, the myth of freedom in order to honor, to love, and to serve our families. And so, God, I pray for healing. I pray for patience. God, I pray for selflessness. And, God, that we would be overwhelmingly attracted to the model of your son, Jesus, who gave everything for us. And God has made this life even possible through his death and his sacrifice on the cross. And it's in his name that we pray.